0: Welcome to the new look, Minnesota Vikings defense. It's so different from ev- everything you knew from last year. So come on, take a ride. Let's get to know the new Minnesota Vikings. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You you like it? You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun. Let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, whether it is uh, Sirius XM. You can listen to us on the app. You can also listen to the upcoming Vikings game on Sirius XM radio. You can find this show on YouTube or even Amazon Fire and Roku if you download the Locked On Minnesota sports app. Thank you so much for those of you who do listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers, send off if you can. I love hearing from you guys. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today on the show, we're going over the Brian Flores defense. This is going to be sort of a comprehensive review, a cramming for exams kind of day on all of the defensive stuff we talked about over the course of the offseason. I have done so many shows over the offseason on the Brian Flores defense from his blitzes, his coverages. Um, the aggression, the philosophy, personnel stuff, all of that stuff. If you don't want to go listen to like hours of that, I mean, if you do, please, please do. That would be great. But if you don't want to, this is going to be a sort of review. If you've been listening, if you are an everyday or you've been listening all off season, some of this might be more of a review for you. Uh, and look, there's some use to that too. Um, but if you haven't paid any attention all off season, let me catch you up on what's been going on. We will start as always with the personnel. So. Uh going from defensive line backwards, the Vikings, I mean, they have Daniel Hunter, right? That was sort of this up and down thing throughout the offseason. He signs a new deal. He's gonna be a Viking, probably walk next year, unless they want to extend him, which they can, but that's a next year thing. Uh they also replaced Zadarius Smith with Marcus Davenport, basically. They traded Zadarius Smith away for fifth round pick. They got Marcus Davenport in there. Marcus Davenport is very much a lineup outside but rush inside kind of guy, which we're gonna do a lot of stunting. So that's sort of the scheme fit there. Um, But he is kind of line up over the guard is going to be his best idea, which was sort of Zedaria Smith as well. So that's what we're going to use him for. Famously only got half a sack last year, and we kind of hope that that was a a, a fluke of quarterbacks getting the ball away. And he's also had some health issues. We're sort of hoping that um, all of that is behind him. And on the interior, we have Harrison Phillips listed as starters, Dean Lowry and Jonathan Bullard. More of the dirty work guys. There's also Kyrie's Tonga. I'm sure will rotate in plenty as well uh, for off ball linebackers. This is a three, four. So we only have the two of them. That's going to be Jordan Hicks and Brian Asamoah. Um, Also keep an eye out for Ivan Pace, maybe subbing in sometimes. He had a phenomenal preseason undrafted rookie. That was sort of the talk of all of the preseason. I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting in from scrimmage just rotationally, depending on the package and the needs, which we will get to what that will be. Uh, And then in the secondary, Byron Murphy and Caleb Evans are your corners. Byron Murphy, a little smaller, but I really like him actually as a CB one. And then Caleb Evans is a bigger body and I think has some other uh, some some aggression to get to gain, I think in coverage, but I would rather you underreact than overreact, so he gets the start pretty easily. You also have Makai Blackman playing nickel, or if they want their big nickel, their three-safety package, that'll be Josh Metellus, and then with Cam Bynum and Harrison Smith behind him. Harrison Smith's very much going to be roaming all around the formation like he did in the Zimmer days, and this defense is going to look a lot like it used to in the Zimmer days. So I think as with always to understand the defense, you have to understand how it works against the run. First, you always kind of have to start with the run and then that will tell you a lot about how things operate in the past. But if we talk about like base defense, right with your three defensive linemen, quote unquote, your interior guys and then two edge rushers on the outside. So five guys usually on the line of scrimmage, two linebackers and then four defensive backs. Um, The Vikings are going to use a lot of bare front type stuff and also like kind of three, four under fronts, which is going to mean five guys on the line of scrimmage in some sort of um, configuration. They like to tighten all those guys on the interior, though. And, you know, you'll have three people lined up inside both of the guards. They're all right on top of each other. And essentially what that is screaming to the offense is don't you dare run this up the middle. Look at all these guys up there! go outside with this. This is what we want you to do. You're trying to encourage them to run outside because guess what? It's slower to go east and west than it is to go north and south, and it gives us our guys time to fill and uh, put together a a more coherent run fit. And to understand run fits, I think the most important thing is you got to understand everybody has their job, and these jobs are not glamorous. This is dirty work. Spitting the run is not about everybody just chasing go try to get a tackle, which I think gives us, like, there's a Madden understanding of it that I think can kind of get in our heads sometimes of, like, well, whoever got the tackle made the play, right? Um, but it's not really the case. A lot of times your job is just crack down on that guy and just make sure that that particular blocker doesn't do his job and then your teammates are going to fill in for you. It it requires a, a genuine unselfishness. You'll find among like defensive tackles a lot of unselfish players. <laughs> If we're tightening everything up uh, in using like what's called a bare front, that's that's a bare front or a tight front means they're just inside the tackles rather than inside the guards. Uh, so if we're using that, we're trying to really clog up the middle. we're we're saying, please run outside. In order to not get punished for saying that, you need to need to need to need to set the edge. So you need a couple of edge rushers that are big, strong dudes. um if you want some some cope, <laughs> for the Z'Darrius Smith trade uh this is that Z'Darrius Smith was not this kind of guy he was a finesse dude uh and he penetrated and he was great for what he did but this job didn't fit him as well uh and I think it fits Marcus Davenport who's a little bit more stout um a little better and perhaps not as quick and not as disruptive but he can set the edge and that's going to be an important part of this. And when I say set the edge, think about an edge rusher versus a tackle, right? Think outside zone. So that tackle is trying to kick that edge rusher out of the play so that there's this big, big alley in the B gap between the tackle and the guard. That's what that tackle is try- that offensive tackle is trying to do. So the, the edge rusher, the Daniil Hunter is going to just fight that and say, no, I'm going to squeeze that lane down. I don't want that lane to be big. I want that to be like a little tiny lane that you have to kind of barely chug through, and then a linebacker can get in there and fill it up nicely. Um, If you can do that and be difficult to move as an edge rusher, all of the run game gets so much harder. Everything has to cut back. This is where the defensive tackles come in. Whether they are super tightened up and saying, please, please, please run outside or look, everybody's running outside anyways. You don't even need to really ask. Um, maybe they're in like an underfront or or an overfront either way where they're usually going to be taking on some kind of double team against these zone runs or these duo runs, which, by the way, lots of that from the Bucks. So we'll, we'll get a heavy dose of this week one. Usually these guys are getting double teamed or combo blocked in some kind of way, right? And if they're going one-on-one, then that's awesome, right? Then we can just kind of say, oh, we got a size advantage up front. Let's go, you know, kick some butt. But a lot of times they'll be double teamed. So all they're trying to do is just hold their spot on the double team, you know, hold as much ground as they can, and then kind of feel it. Are these guys going to the left, to the right? Is somebody trying to climb up on me, or are they just trying to move me and sort of, go counter to whatever those guys are doing. So if they're trying to move me to the left, I might just kind of get across their face and just lag behind the play a little bit to the right. And it's like you you take like a six-inch step and then you just start fighting. Um, And what that does is it gets you into the backfield and it starts taking away cutback lanes Um, and, and cutting off those cutback lanes that we just sort of have encouraged. So basically what we're trying to lure the offense into doing and offenses in today's modern NFL love to do this. So it's not asking a lot from them. We want them to start a run to the outside and then get that run to cut back so that we can cut off those cutback lanes. Um, and if we can cut off those cutback lanes, then we can hopefully just corral. And then it doesn't matter how shifty you are. We're tackling you. Um, It requires a lot of feel and a lot of sort of it's not so much a one gap, two gap. I've got this gap. This is my responsibility. It's more of, okay. I'm kind of feeling that they're trying to run strong side zone. So I'm just going to lag off to the weak side a little bit. Now this is my gap. Um, And then for the linebackers, they kind of have to read what the defensive tackles are doing. And hey, if that guy lags back a little bit, now he's in one gap the linebackers have to know which gap that means he vacated and they have to kind of fill it for him. And then hopefully you have uh, everything gapped out well. Again, that's a lot of... I just kind of took away the cutback lane so that he didn't run away from you who really got the tackle. And it's a lot of... I just really pushed... I just set the edge. I pushed the tackle and I made the running back cut back into Harrison Phillips and he actually got credit for the TFL, but I did, did my job. You have to be very unselfish. And that's true of all run fits and honestly, football in general. It's a team sport, right? Not a me sport. Um, but that's your general idea of, of how... These run fits work, which move linebackers horizontally pretty uh, frequently. And w- ideally, they've got in the run, you know, you've got your five defensive linemen. Of course, if you're in your nickel package, the math is going to work out a little bit differently. But they'll probably have one fewer blocker because you're probably they're probably an 11 personnel. Um, and that brings me to what we do with coverage uh, and the the coverage family that the Vikings are in. It's a familiar one. They're back to the Zimmer world of cover seven. Uh, The the Belichick world, which is where Flores obviously came up, Saban, all of that. We're back into that world. Um, So I'm excited to be able to break down a season, uh, another season of that world, and kind of explain some of the ins and outs of that rule set to you. Uh, Before I do that, however, it is so important to get a good shave. Because if you don't have a good shave, you just don't feel good. You don't feel prim and proper. You know what I'm talking about? And boys, there is absolutely no shame and a little bit of self-care, especially when it comes to your skin. Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life. They have high quality razors and skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion that make you feel nice and pampered like you deserve, fellas. Their starter set is a $13 value and you can get it for just $3 at harrys.com slash nfl it has a five blade german engineered razor a weighted handle foaming shave gel and a travel cover for when you're on the go get your best shave ever this summer with harry's razors and skincare products get a 13 dollars starter set for just three bucks at harry's.com nfl that's harry's.com nfl for a three dollar starter set Thanks again for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, make sure you check out the ultimate NFL preview stuff we're doing. It's all over at the Locked On NFL page. It is a seven-episode behemoth of all 32 Locked On NFL team hosts, myself included, uh, getting together division by division to debate stuff like who the best quarterback in the division is, who's going to make the playoffs that didn't last year, who might fall off, who aren't, what aren't we talking about that we should be about these teams, Really cool stuff. And hey, look, sometimes it gets a little spicy. Uh, Go check that out at Locked On NFL feed. As for us, we're going to talk a little bit about coverage. So let's start with what I'll call their base coverage, which is quarters. That might not be the one they call the most often, but I think it's a good foundation, a good place to start. Um, Quarters, you might think of as cover four in like a Madden sense with like zone. Uh, Don't think of it that way. Quarters in the modern NFL is a man coverage fundamentally. Um, it is man techniques, it is man to man, it is guys running routes, and I have to cover them. It's just a set of rules that tells you who you're actually covering and you, and it's determined post-snap. So instead of saying, All right, I got 18, you go, I have the one, I have the number one. And if they do some crazy change before the snap or at the snap that changes who the number one is, and if you aren't familiar, defenses label receivers by counting from outside in. So the outermost receiver is the one. The next guy in is the two. The next guy in is the three. And often that's like the running back, but you counts. It's just a counting system so that we can have a communication to label those guys, not wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. It's literally just like physically where if CJ ham splits out wide, he's the one. So quarters or some people call it man match cover seven. And the seven just means because there's seven people in coverage and we're rushing four. this is your kind of classic version um, it might be more of a six for Flores because of uh, the fact that he loves to just rush five and ha- kind of live in a basic system of rushing five and, and covering with six. But I don't want to call it cover six because that means a different thing to most people. Um, so either way, whatever you want to call it, it is this sort of rule set and you'll usually divide the field in two. And on one side of the field, you will call one set of rules and they've got all these different these are like the plays in the defensive playbook cone and mix and stuff and stubby and all of these other words that mean all these cool things. There's a book behind me. If you're watching on on YouTube uh, called the Pass coverage glossary by Cameron Saran, it's a phenomenal one for all of this that will teach you at least some handful of those and you'll get a sense for the the rule set. Um, But a lot of times it's okay. This is one We'll have, you know, the corner has the number one in Meg, man everywhere he goes. So that's okay. Byron Murphy, you have the number one wide receiver wherever he goes. You're just in man coverage, and that's that. And then the safety and the apex, or the second guy in, so that would be, let's say, Makai Blackman and Cam Bynum, you're bracketing the number two. And we'll call that if they've got, you know, Chris Godwin as the number two. If they put Chris Godwin in the slot, we'll call that coverage. Um, I believe what I just described is cone. Um, so we'll call Cone and now we're double teaming Chris Godwin and Byron Murphy's on an island and we trust him. Um, then on the other side, we'll call a different one that has another version of that rule. You know, maybe we have that time. The safety is reading two to one robber, which means he's reading the two. If the two goes vertical, I've got him. If the two doesn't go vertical and the one goes vertical, I've got him instead. And if neither of those guys go vertical, I look to the other side of the field and see if there's something coming across like a deep over or something that I can sort of slow play and lag and try to lure the quarterback into an interception. That's two to one, Robert. Right? You read the two, then the one, and then you rob. Um, that would be a, an assignment in a different coverage, and then maybe somebody the if that's the case, then the apex on that side will wall the number two because if he's going vertical. Meaning the safety has him, right? Safety's got two to one robber. So if the two is going vertical, that means the nickel on that side, or it would probably be a linebacker, does not have the two, right? Uh, But I'm going to wall him, which means get a push on him as he comes by. I'm going to throw an arm into him and try to disrupt his rhythm, and then I'll do his own, right? Um, So that's the kinds of rule sets that we're working with. That's your basic setup possibly you're going to see it a little bit more common that they're just in straight-up man-to-man, cover one, cover zero. And that's man-to-man across the board. Sometimes you can pair that with like these sorts of rule sets and and, and switch release rule sets and stuff like that to try to combat some of the fancy things offenses will do. But by and large, you get that guy, you get that guy, you get that guy. Everybody cover good luck. (laughs) And you'll have cover one, we'll have one deep defender. And if you're doing math, right, you have, uh, call it four pass rushers, Five guys in man-to-man coverage against their five eligible receivers. One deep defender, that's ten people. We have one guy left over. And that guy can do a myriad of things, which is depends on what kind of cover one. In cover one rat, he is a middle zone defender. In cover one, uh, or there's a, a cover one robber. He lines up. He's still a middle so- zone defender, but that extra guy is lining up deep as a safety first and then coming down. Um, there's cover one cross where he'll pick up a shallow cross and then somebody else becomes the new middle defender. There's cover one dog where he'll blitz. Um, there's all kinds of different stuff. There's cover one double where he'll just double team a guy. This is the Julio Jones treatment, the Calvin Johnson treatment, right? Um, so cover one double 18 is something that I believe the Eagles called against us a lot in week two last year. Uh, you're doubling number 18, right? Right. Um, there's all kinds of different cover one. And then there's also a cover three structure, which is rip Liz. This is another very sabin E thing, Nick Sabin, Alabama thing, um, where you'll look like it's a too high structure. And then one of the safeties rotates down and the call is either rip, which means the right one goes or Liz, which means the left one goes. There is your coverage structure crash course. Um, honestly, diagnosing coverages in this world I think is going to be a little easier than it was in the Fangio world. And there's a a really big difference here in the fact that we are man-covering. Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel were not man-covering. They were zone-covering. They were trying to play zone match. Guys were too late to really be as tight to routes as they wanted to, which is one of the fundamental problems that sort of caused everything to fall apart. Um, But they were saying, hey, no, you have uh, the middle, right? You've got from the hash to the hash and five yards deep and you man cover whoever comes in there, but it's not about the two and the three and the blah, blah, blah. It's the innermost guy. It's the deepest guy. It's the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the hitch against these concepts. And it was a little bit more reading. This is okay. You know, there's like two if thens, right? You're, you're a safety. You've got three different possible assignments. You're either reading the two, the one, or you're robbing and, and, by the time you're through the two and the one, you're just robbing. And if nobody comes across and you didn't do anything, they were just running a different concept. And that's OK. We've got it handled by somebody else. Um, that is going to be a fundamental difference. But the other fundamental difference is that the Vikings are going to blitz a lot. The Fangio philosophy that Ed Donatel had here last year was we can rush for. Those four are going to get home because we're going to have really soft sound coverage on the back end that either is going to take them them forever for the route concepts that beat it to develop or they're going to have to resort to a bunch of quick game, in which case we can get downhill and tackle. And that just didn't work for a bunch of reasons. We don't need to rehash. Now it's like, nah, F you. We're coming. We're bringing five all the time. And we're going to bring six and seven and eight sometimes too. So the rule sets for that, I think are really important to to know and understand. Um, And then behind those blitzes, depending on how many people in coverage, then you start working in your man match, you know, your triangle coverages, which is, you know, three cover players. That cone is a triangle coverage because there's three cover players and they all get their assignment, right? Or box coverages versus three by one because you'll have four defenders over three receivers. And since there's four defenders, it's a box coverage. Get it? (laughs) Um, So I want to get into those blitz packages and really talk about what makes the Flores defense the Flores defense. Uh, But before I do that, hey, you might still be able to get tickets to this game against the Buccaneers and watch them come out in their throwbacks, all the Bud Grant stuff they're going to do. But it's kind of last minute and that's going to make things hard. But that is what game time is for. The game time app, Makes it so you don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive, exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, concerts, uh, live theater, comedy shows, whatever it is. And they have a game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get pictures of your seat before you buy, so you know you're not getting stuck behind a pillar or something stupid like that, and you're getting a view that you're okay with. Buy the tickets in a matter of seconds. It's literally like two taps, and you're good to go, and you can find these flash deals and last-minute tickets on things that you otherwise would have been paying insane markups for it. it's what game time is for so get the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 bucks off of your first purchase terms apply again that is uh, locked on nfl when you create an account and redeem that code for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right we've all had our vegetables by talking about the run game and our coverages now we can have dessert. It's time to talk about the blitzes. This is where the Flores thing gets super, super, super fun. Um, Flores loves to go. I mean, he loves to go all out and go cover zero. So if cover one is one deep defender, what's your guess for what cover zero is? Uh, That means everybody's coming, right? And that does mean that whoever is actually covering on the back end needs to cover their guy properly. If you get cooked off the line of scrimmage, um, the quarterback might just take three steps and throw up a fade and it's a touchdown and all this blitz crap didn't matter. So that's really important on the back end, which is why you're going to see these corners play off a lot. It's a really key component to these blitzes to have off-man coverage. All you have to do is not get beat off the line of scrimmage, so give them 10 yards of cushion. And by the time they've eaten that up, hopefully we've got a free rusher and we're disrupting things in the backfield. And these are designed to guarantee a free rusher at great cost of... Bodies, Right. We're sending a lot of people to guarantee a free rusher. So the best way to go over this, I think, is just to talk about like what a play call will be like. So it'll be something like uh sub odd, which will be like a formation. And then Ram left me right, which tells you that on the left side, we're doing a Ram stunt, which is where the zero technique, which in sub odd would actually be like Ivan Pace. Uh, is actually going to loop all the way around the tackle, and then the two defensive linemen outside of him are going to crash inwards. Uh, and then we—that's why we do that out of sub odd because we've got a quick linebacker, right? And then me is just a regular tackle and exchange stunt, and that's happening on the right. So we've got two stunts happening simultaneously out of this formation, and that's the philosophy here. That can't take too long to set up if you're going to do a lot of stunting and twisting and stuff you you can't just sit there and be crossing each other's faces all the time. The quarterback's just going to say, "Okay, you're not even pass rushing and throw the ball, right?" So you have to set that up quickly. And that's why we'll do that with, you know, quicker guys. That's the point of Marcus Davenport, the point of having somebody like uh Dean Lowry in there instead of what Dalvin Tomlinson was. Um that's one of the main principles of blitz here. One is to uh to Stunt a lot. And the other one is to send a lot of guys. (laughs) It's a numbers game, right? Um, so if you have these cover zero blitzes, they'll line a whole bunch of people up on the line of scrimmage. Um, whether it's double a gap mug, Mike Zimmer style, we're going to see plenty of that, uh, or lining up eight guys on, on the line of scrimmage, all of those really fun third down things that, that Mike Zimmer did over all of his years here, that stuff's back. I don't think it's quite as inventive as Mike Zimmer. I don't think anything ever will be, but uh, in principle, that stuff is back. Um, And one of the key rules that I think you should understand is the center is always wrong. These are designed to make the center always wrong. So let's say you've got two linebackers, Hicks and Asamoah. They are lined up over the a gap. Right? They're in a two point stance and they're both threatening blitz on either side of the center. The center is going to make some call based on whatever they've talked about, film study, rule sets, their installs, and all that. He's going to make some kind of call to say, and sometimes it's already in the play call, the protection is going to slide one way or another, right? The center is going to take one of those two linebackers or another. Whichever one the center turns toward backs into coverage. So the center will always be wrong about which guy he takes. That guy backs into coverage, and then the other guy slips in right behind the center. And you should get a free rusher that way. And if you're not getting a free rusher that way, hopefully you're setting it up with stunts. And if you're not getting it with stunts, hopefully you've just got enough bodies. And if you also don't have enough bodies, then you probably aren't blitzing. (laughs) Then this is probably a four-man rush. Um, That has been very, very effective over all of Brian Flores' career. And hey, also Bill Belichick's and all of these other Patriots people that have come off of the Belichick tree that have scattered throughout defenses in the league. Um, by the way, Todd Bowles also absolutely does this kind of thing, so this is kind of a mirror match of defenses coming up. Um, all of that stuff is very, very effective at generating free rushers, but it's not effective at generating free rushers without sacrificing something on the back end. And that's where you can get to what this defense can really die from, is if those guys in off-man coverage get smoked, these blitzes don't matter, and now you get your blitzes punished, right? These guys are on an island. They have absolutely no help at all. And so they have incredibly difficult jobs with incredible high leverage on them. So if the blitzes get home, offenses will fall apart. If they do not get home, offenses will have the easiest day of their lives. Quarterbacks, I should say, will have the easiest day of their lives. So we're going to live in this world of volatility. We're going to have games where we give up 40 because they picked up the blitzes. And we're going to have games where we give up six because they didn't and we got three turnovers. We'll have games where the defense outscores the, off- the offense, like their offense. And then we'll have games where we get absolutely torched. Welcome to the Thunderdome. We're on a roller coaster here. Everybody, close your eyes, take your drama mean. This one's gonna be wacky. <laughs> this is the whole season, by the way. I'm not just talking about week one. Um, so to, to kind of tie all this together, let me layer a bunch of these things together and, and here's what a, a play call might sound like. We'll, we'll do We'll start from the from the one we just talked about. sub odd. Uh, Ram left me right. okay? So sub odd is our front. That tells us sub-odd is one with Ivan Pace lining up at nose tackle, which is going to be kind of a third down thing because uh, obviously he's smaller and he's going up against his center. They would love to run into that, so we have to do this in a, in a situation where there's no run. So we'll call this a third down play call. Sub-odd, we've got Ram left, me right. Those are the stunts I talked about. And then you'll have Cone strong mix week. Cone and mix are two of the triangle coverages, the three-man coverage kind of groupings. Uh, That you would give. So you've got five pass rushers here. You've got six people in man match uh, cover seven kind of coverage and um, hopefully picking up on whatever their concepts are. And then you've got a bunch of stunting stuff going on trying to get immediate pressure. That would be a third down play call. I absolutely made that up. I'm sure they have different words for all of their stuff as well, so, you know, don't don't take that as insider information at all. I just read it from a book that you can also buy and I recommend that you do. <laughs> but that's there's your Brian Flores defense and the essential guts of, of what makes it go. And by the way, all of that has been stuff that has been studied plenty since Brian Flores became a head coach in Miami years and years ago. And honestly, 90% of that is from Belichick anyways, so don't mistake me for uh, releasing any major state secrets. This stuff's been out there, and it's a classic for a reason. It's all over the league, and we're a team that runs it now, too. Um, tomorrow is Crossover Thursday, so we're going to talk about how all this stuff actually lines up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with David Harrison of Locked on Bucks, And then Friday, we'll actually go into the season preview stuff, have some fun segments, some uh, recurring favorites that I think you guys are going to love. So make sure you stick around for that. I will see you all tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. And as always, Skull.